T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It doesn't have to take that long. If you get the right quarterback and you surround him properly, look at the quarterback class from 2020. How many guys hit at the top of that class? Burrow hit, Herbert hit, Tua, I think we can say hit after he was surrounded by the right pieces. I think teams have gotten smarter about getting the most out of these young quarterbacks. And I think young quarterbacks, generally speaking, it's not the case with everybody, okay, but generally speaking, are more ready to throw and play in the NFL passing game now than maybe ever before because of the amount of throwing they're doing from the time they're seven years old in seven-on-seven leagues. And so it shouldn't take that long. It didn't take that long in Houston. It didn't take that long in Detroit. You know, I think San Francisco and Kansas City are good examples good. of Tom's long-term build. Those those did take a little bit longer, and you pounced on the right quarterback at the right time if you're Kansas City. But the Patriots, if they hit it right at quarterback, it should not take four years. In two years, you should be competitive and 500 or better, Tom. Two years, when not four. Using- oh, thank God for Phil Perry. Four-year rebuilds after they've been wandering in the wilderness for four years? We'll yell at Curran about that tomorrow when he joins us here on Jones and Mego with Arkan on WEEI. He joins us every Thursday at 3.30. We got Scal today at 4.30. Some Celtics talk eventually, but mostly Patriots and Super Bowl 58. I think that discussion about the rebuild and how you structure it factors into where we want to go here today. Our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego on Twitter. Which team are you rooting for in Super Bowl 58? Just days away in Vegas. We've talked a lot about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Andy Reid and Bill Belichick and the Chiefs chasing down Patriots Super Bowls. We haven't talked a ton about the game. Uh, so if you want to do that, jump in 617-779-7937. Who are you rooting for, Mego? This is pretty easy for me. I'm rooting in my own self-interest, so I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs because my biggest nightmare is that I mean, not my biggest nightmare, but my biggest nightmare in the context of this conversation is that we come out of this Super Bowl and for the next two months or so, anytime we talk about the draft and I declare my opinion that you should go with a quarterback at number three or at least somewhere in the first round that you should take a risk, don't be risky first, go for the quarterback, that a thousand people will come at me with, Mr. Irrelevant won the Super Bowl, and I just can't live that way. I just can't. I can't hear that. I cannot hear that. And it's as simple as that. Like, I don't have the same attachment uh, to the records set by Brady and set by the Patriots that some fans may worry are in the very early stages, very early stages of being threatened by the Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City so quickly establishing what you'd have to say is a dynasty 
if they win a third one. Okay, this oh, is like yeah. a quick little dynasty here, and maybe they're on their way, chugging along to almost matching something that you have, and and that's very threatening. I don't feel that way. Like, I, I just don't have the same attachment. What I do have attachment to is my very own opinion, and I just don't want to hear everybody saying, well, you can get a Dak Prescott anywhere. You can get a Brock Purdy anywhere. Like, that's two guys in the league, Okay. Show me where most of the other starting quarterbacks come from. It's usually the first round. Arkan, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the Niners um, for the exact opposite reasons, and not because I don't want to hear about quarterbacks winning. I mean, we, we're, we're going to get that, I think, regardless. Brock Purdy's going to get elevated to this next level if he ends up winning and people are going to talk about him like it wasn't the team. But we'll all know the truth, and the truth is that if you build a roster up and you do it the right way and you make good draft picks and you make good trades and you're smart in free agency but spend money when you need to and bring in good talent, then you can take a team to the Super Bowl even if your quarterback's not the best one in the league. And it's not like that's unheard of, all right? Nick Foles was not the best quarterback in the league nope. when he won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson probably wasn't either his year. Joe Flacco wasn't his year. Uh, you know, there's been other instances where you okay. can say that. But, but I mean, just to pick those apart real quick, I mean, Flacco is not a Hall of Famer, but Flacco was good and a first-round pick. Uh, Russell Wilson is a borderline Hall of Famer. Sure. And so we didn't know he was a great quarterback at the time, but nobody knew in 2001 Brady was a good quarterback either or great, the greatest of all time. So I don't know. Not a first round pick, Tom Brady. I don't know that I would use those examples, but like, I hear what you're saying. I I, I understand what you're saying where it wasn't like an MVP candidate quarterback. I get that. Right. And that's basically what I'm getting at is that it wasn't someone like Patrick Mahomes who's in the greatest of all time conversation and who, you know, if you don't have him, you don't have anything. That kind of that kind of conversation. And there's been other quarterbacks, you know, I mean, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff were both in Super Bowls. Cam Newton, these are first overall picks. It's not like those guys never accomplish anything, but it does sort of go to show that the better team generally ends up uh, uh, coming away with this. And while the Chiefs are a good team, I think that the Niners uh, really are a better example because Patrick Mahomes didn't drop into some bad team. He dropped into a pretty good offense and a good defense. No, and that but, was he, a, but they weren't a He contender. elevated them, sure. But, I mean, they were play, they were a playoff team yeah, at the very but least. But they weren't winning playoff games. What, what did you tell me the other day? Like, Kelsey and Alex Smith won one playoff game together or something like that? Like, they started going to the AFC title game every year and winning the Super Bowl every year. Like, I mean, he elevated that team by a long shot. They he did, but he didn't take a team games. out of the lottery and then bring them to the Super Bowl is what I'm trying to say, which is what you're going to have to be doing for the Patriots here. And that's why I think you build up the offense more, and that's why I would like the 49ers to reaffirm my worldview. Yeah, so <laughs> that's basically is, what it's all about. Is this just all about our worldview? Yes. yes, it is. No, but but it is, and it's it's about the approach to building the Patriots. I mean, that that's what's at stake when we're watching. Like, Look, a lot of people have their identity tied up from the last 20 years, this superiority complex for a Boston sports fan. And I think they deserve it, quite frankly. Our teams have won everything over the last 20 years. So you can talk down to people like Mego over here, Commanders fan, Orioles fan. Listen, has I'm already it, being told on the text You haven't line won squat. Go back to Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. You haven't won squat. So, like, I, I think we have a deserved <laughs> superiority complex, I'm but let's not from, pretend it's there. I'm not from Baltimore. So, like, look. I like the the Brady-Mahomes debate, and I like Reed and Belichick, and I like the Patriots and Chiefs, and I like debating that out because it's boring to just say, we'll never see that again. Oh, my God, it's never going to happen again. It's the least interesting take of all time. And usually that's wrong, by the way. People who say that are usually wrong. Oh, we'll never see another Jack Nicholas, Tiger. And we could say Nicholas is better than Tiger, but it's a debate. Oh, we'll never see another Federer again, Djokovic. Oh, we'll never see another Jordan again, LeBron. And oh, it's like, no, no, no. okay, but it's a debate, Mego. No matter what side of the debate you're on, those all became debates. Uh, Novak Dokovic. And so <laughs> it's just such a boring thing. So I'm, I'm rooting for that anyway. I'm already rooting for the Chiefs. But 
yeah, I don't want the Patriots, and I don't really want to hear from fans, or really Arcand, about, oh, they found Brock Purdy in the seventh round. Now, I happen to think Purdy's pretty good, but I'll still acknowledge that that's a really fair counterpoint to people like me who go, well, it's all about the quarterback, and you need the quarterback, and coaching doesn't matter, and the offensive line doesn't matter, and your weapons don't matter. If you don't have the quarterback, it does not matter. Purdy will be a really fair counterpoint to that. Now, I'll still feel the same way I feel. I believe this. I I believed it for a long time. The NFL is now the NBA. If you don't have a superstar, you're not winning. Sure, the Pistons won a championship in there. It does happen. It's not foolproof. It's not 100%. But largely, if you don't have a superstar, you're not winning. And if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're not winning. But people are going to come out of the woodwork, and Arkan's going to reference that over and over and over again if Brock Purdy wins. I will. So I am I am rooting for my worldview of team building and quarterback, and I want the Patriots to draft a quarterback in the top three. I'm well established on that. I don't need them in the back of their mind going, you know what, we can find Bo Nix midway through the first round or in round two, another Arkan guy. Or you know what, maybe we'll just figure out a quarterback in two or three years. I don't want them doing that. I don't think they should do that, and that's why I'm rooting. For, that's the real reason I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Beyond the Brady Mahomes stuff, which I like, beyond the Reed Belichick stuff, which I like, that's the real reason I'm rooting for Kansas City. I'm feeling very unhappy about how much I'm agreeing with you, <laughs> <laughs> that our worldviews are so aligned on this. It's making me reexamine my worldview yeah. because I feel like you're saying a lot of the stuff well, that I'm me, feeling and a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking let me ask you and this. looking at this matchup. Let me ask you a different way. Who do you okay. think wins? I think the Chiefs will win. Arkan? I think the Chiefs are going to win. <laughs> so Arkan, Arkan, I know, is in like a weird predicament where he's picked the Chiefs. I've also picked the Chiefs. I've very publicly picked the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 so we're all picking the Chiefs. We all think the Chiefs are going to win. I do agree with the text line, 37937. Hey, Jones, pick the Chiefs so you can jinx them. So, I, you know, do what you want to do with that information. Although I picked them on the money line against Baltimore. I picked them on the money line against... Who was it the week prior? Who'd they beat in the divisional round? Miami. Thank you. Miami. So, like, I've been picking the Chiefs for a while, but this is a bigger game. Maybe I've jinxed them. We all think they're going to win. And I do think that's good, sound business from a team-building standpoint. You know, people have texted me. Arkan said it. Well, the Chiefs were a good team. Well, sure. They, They had pieces in place. They targeted their quarterback, and they went and got him. The Niners did not target a quarterback and went and got him. And that's really what I'm talking about. The Niners found their quarterback. They have a system. They have a good roster. The Chiefs targeted a quarterback and said, we're not winning with the roster we have. We need the quarterback. And that's how I think you should approach it. Can I ask kind of a weird question? Sure. What do you think is the more admirable? Like, what? what's the... What's the more impressive way that the teams have been built? Because I do think in a way that yeah, the, the what Niners, the Niners yeah. have done yeah. and what they continue to do is more impressive than... Hey, we got the yeah. golden ticket in Patrick Mahomes. It's and impressive Travis because Travis Kelsey is also a freak. It's impressive though because you don't see it as often, and it's the outlier, and that's why you're impressed with it. The easier way to win, well, the better way to win. It has, it has an impact. It has ramifications on the rest of the league. I mean, sure, every year the rest of the league is going to go. Oh, is this is this a is Caleb Williams the next Patrick Mahomes? Who's the next Patrick Mahomes? Should kids be playing multiple sports still instead of specializing in one sport? Because Patrick Mahomes was specialized in baseball along with football, and then look at how that makes him able to play the quarterback position like nobody else. Blah blah blah. Like that has its own ramifications. But what you see with what the 49ers did, I think it changes how people look at coaches. Like who's getting jobs and who's getting 
going up the ladder at different places well, around the league. The Patriots are going to look like dumbasses if Shanahan wins because they interviewed people or wanted to interview people from his coaching tree, and instead they're still hiring Green Bay Packers, which we can get to. Green Bay Packers or people they're who hiring know, all the Green Bay people Packers. who know Elliot Wolf or like people who have at one time met Elliot Wolf or Alex Van Pelt. That's now their coaching staff. So we wanted anybody who met Sean McVay. Are you enthusiastic about cheese? Could you please bring your resume? <laughs> we wanted people who had at one point met Sean McVay, heard of Sean McVay, been breathed on by Sean McVay, and or Shanahan. Instead, they're doing that with Elliot Wolf. Uh, we have thoughts on that. Plus, who are you picking? Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? I know those are two different questions, but they tend to overlap. 617-779-7937. You can vote at Jones and Mego, our big question of the day is up there now. Meanwhile, as promised, we have Brian Scalabrini at 4.30 for our weekly chat on Wednesdays. We also have Triple Play 4.45. We have Megsplaining at 5.30. I've been told it's a poop-free Megsplaining. It is. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if that's getting people to tune out or not, but I've been told it's a poop-free Megsplaining. And we have Bet Roulette at 5.45. Stay tuned for all of it. We'll get into the latest in the Patriots front office. More hires for them right after Trending with Arkin. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Jones and Mako on WEEI. Some Patriots news. I would say significant Patriots news. Sources say Elliot Wolf will be in charge of the team's personnel department with final say on a 53-man roster with Matt Groh, with Pat Stewart, and now Alonzo Highsmith, helping him help shape the offseason, help go through free agency, and, of course, help pick the team's next quarterback. Maybe not a surprise, kind of seemed in this direction based on the hires they were making and how many Green Bay ties that they had. But now it is expected to be official. Elliot Wolf in charge, and, of course, for years and years, it was a coach-led personnel department. This, of course, is a change. That's Ian Rappaport on the Patriots and their front office. I don't find it surprising, but it is now sounding like it's a done deal that Elliot Wolf will be running football operations for the New England Patriots. It's Jones and Mego with Arkan here on WEEI. We're asking you at Jones and Mego and on the phone, 617-779-7937, who you're actually rooting for in Super Bowl 58. A lot of you, I know, are pulling for the Niners just because, well, it'll impact your 
identity, self-worth over the last 20 years uh, with the Patriots piling up all these Super Bowls, Brady's greatness, Belichick's greatness, etc. I'm rooting for the Chiefs, as is Mego, for an entirely different reason, though I enjoy the Brady-Mahomes stuff. Reed, Belichick, Patriots, Chiefs, all of that. Uh, So you can weigh in there on the phones. On this Elliott Wolf business, what Rapsheet said is it appears... Wolf will be in charge of the personnel department with control of the 53-man roster, working closely with Mayo. Uh, Matt Groh will mostly handle college scouting, with Pat Stewart heavily involved in all aspects. For years, Belichick ran personnel with final say. Uh, As he just said in the clip there, this is a change. Uh, Alonzo Highsmith is coming on. Remember Alonzo Highsmith from those Miami teams, Arkan? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess he was the G- his title was the GM. I was not at aware Miami. that GMs that there were GMs in college football. Me either. I, that, that was his title at Miami. Uh, he's when it's in, Miami, you don't really hide. No, it. No, that's a good point. Uh, and who knows? In the NIL days, maybe you don't need to anymore. <laughs> but you know, he's been in personnel departments in. Uh, let me know if you've heard this before. Green Bay and Cleveland. Oh. Although he also was in Seattle before going to the University of Miami, uh, so he'll be in the mix there as this well. This is like the Great Midwestern migration. They're all coming east. So, again, I'm not surprised by any of it. I just, I wish they would just make it official, right? Like, and maybe this is their way of doing it. Are they going to name him GM? And do you really believe he's in control? Or do you think he has the highest title, but really ownership is going to have more input? Which is how I feel about it. And even still, how do you feel about them building Packers and Browns east from the Midwest? Like, we went through the drafting history while Elliot Wolf was in Green Bay before and add Alonzo Highsmith to it. He was in those same stops. It was a defensive player almost every year, some offensive lineman. Uh, Wolf was there while they drafted Aaron Rodgers, and he was there while they drafted Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. But it's pretty much defense first and not really the approach I'm looking for. And, you know, one championship with Aaron Rodgers, which if you really want to debate that, is that enough? That's what they're trying to build now without Bill Belichick? I kind of like the way Greg Hill asked the question earlier today, Mego. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, would you want to redo with moving on from Bill Belichick? And I- I'm still moving on from Bill. I'm not second-guessing that part. But, hell, yeah, I want to redo with Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh running personnel with Packers and Browns and then this coaching staff. Hell, yeah, I want to redo with it. I don't like any of it. I've heard this perspective, and I think it's I think it's really smart to keep in mind that The Patriots are doing all of this basically a year ahead of schedule. They thought that they were going to have Belichick in this role for another year. But at the same time, if we believe Tommy Kern's reporting, and I do, that they had basically made the decision (laughs) during the Indianapolis game, then they couldn't start getting any other ideas going. Like they couldn't start outreach to anyone else, any other coaching trees, anybody with other GM experience at other franchises because right now it really does look like hey who's the most connected Elliot's been the most places outside of New England he has the most friends in other places so we can bring them in for outside perspective I know that you like that it's not a Patriots perspective and you feel like that's a step up from what we saw with friends of Bill but friends of Elliot doesn't really show to have anything that has so much more success than the friends of Bill so far and so like it just feels it just feels uninspired. You go out and you interview a couple McVeigh guys or a couple Shanahan guys and one guy from Detroit, and I understand none of them seem to really want to come here, and that's not there's not much you can do besides throw a whole bag of money at them. Maybe that's what you should have done. 
But either way, I, I look at it and I go, you are planning this for a little while. You're a year behind schedule, but maybe instead of just sitting there and not talking to Bill and, you know, dreading or putting together a press conference so that things would look as good as they look, that you sh- there should have been some different kind of outreach. Yeah. So, I mean, Wolf and Grow were already under contract, as was Mayo. Mayo's not going to be as expensive as Bill, though they're still paying Bill for this year. But would Wolf Van have Pelt? the power that he appears to be accruing now if you brought in somebody else from the outside who had attachments to other parts oh, of the league? He probably wouldn't be here. He's probably here because he was already under contract. And Gro's probably here because he was already under contract. They don't want to pay somebody new. And so this is what I'm saying. I, oh, well, Gerard Mayo doesn't really have extensive... Uh, contacts or an extensive Rolodex throughout the NFL. So he's got to lean on Elliot Wolf. Why? This is why we wanted a GM search. This is why we didn't want to just hand the job to Mayo because these guys don't know anybody. And the guys they know, I don't particularly like the Green Bay tree, the McCarthy tree, the Cleveland Browns. I don't particularly like it. Never mind Mayo, who knows nobody outside of New England. Played in New England, coached in New England. Great. He knows a few people at Optum. Otherwise, he doesn't know anything outside of this building. So I don't like it. I don't. And I agree with Giardi, who says ownership deemed Belichick to be the team's biggest problem. And those around him from the front office are remaining in place with Wolf and Grow in different roles. It does feel like a scapegoating of Bill, which is fine. Bill needed to go. I'm not crying tears for Bill. I just think they had more problems than that. And I didn't feel like the rest of the building was in great shape. I wanted like a full-on cleaning out. I said I didn't want players back. I didn't want front office people back. I didn't want coaches back. And way too many of them are still here, Arkan. Yeah, and I think the big problem here is that they were so gung-ho about not firing Bill in season that they didn't really leave themselves any time to do such a big overhaul. And when you have someone who's in charge of everything like Bill was, you have to overhaul everything. You can't just you know leave things in, in place. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in a position like this. Now, one thing that I think people are realizing that they should have realized a while ago with all this uh, time with Bill and pretty much every other team in the league is that no matter who you bring in, they're going to hire their friends. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's how it is in that's the NFL, fine. and that's how it's going to go. It depends who your friends are, and it depends who you worked with, and what you know pool you're going to be uh, drawing out of here. And I think we all see with Wolf that it's just all Packers. Uh, anybody who was ever there with the Packers, anybody who you know happened to cross paths, some people who also cl- uh, cross p- paths in Cleveland, but mostly who? it's just all Green Bay from that era where they did win one Super Bowl. Out of all of the calls we got, who said, "Man, you know what team I want to be? The Packers from ten years ago." <laughs> who said, "Boy, I really love the Browns in 2018 and 2019." So you ready for this? Here are more hires they made today or reported hires. I don't know how many of these are official yet. Uh, the Patriots are targeting T.C. McCartney as their next quarterback's coach. This one I actually kind of like. He worked for Shanahan. Arkan, he was in Colorado. He was in Boulder. That's right. So you must like that. Mm-hmm. But it's another guy who was in Cleveland with Alex Van Pelt <laughs> and the Browns, the Peltsbury Doughboy, and the Browns didn't retain him. They didn't want to keep him. Okay. Uh, we already mentioned Alonzo Highsmith, who was at the University of Miami, but formerly was in Green Bay and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So he's here. Uh, this is a different one, potentially. Bobby Brown is another guy they're bringing in. I heard you mention this in Trending Arcand. Yes. But he might be a Casario guy, and I think he was here previously, right? Wasn't he, he was, in New England yeah. before? He was here as, like, uh, administrative. Okay. Uh, so he might not be an he might not be an Elliot Wolf guy. I do. You know, yeah, this could be fun. I like me some Bobby Brown. Oh, different different Bobby I it's not an Elliot Wolf guy this is just another guy with Patriots connections and then here's your other Cleveland guy Scott Peters is going to be the O-line coach because they struck out on the first O-line coach they wanted uh Dickinson who's getting the job in Seattle 
That's the guy they wanted, but they struck out just like they struck out on offensive coordinator. So Adrian Clem didn't want to come. And back. they struck out on special teams. No, 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 no. And they're already paying Adrian Clem, so they got to just find whoever they can find. Scott Peters, who worked in Cleveland. I think as, Dickerson's going to Cleveland. As an assistant offensive line coach. I'm sorry, he came yeah. from Seattle. You're right. He is going to Cleveland instead of keeping this guy and picking him up. Uh, if you're interested, he also has an extensive MMA background and won two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships Oh no! in submission grappling. I'm in. Which Cue kiss from a rose. Joe Mazzula just went from 12 <laughs> to midnight. Uh, 6 to midnight, rather. Uh, maybe went to 12 and stayed at midnight uh, with the way this hiring has gone. So this is who they're bringing in. saying he spun it in a circle? It went all the way around <laughs> and right back up. It like helicoptered Drake. right around. And so Meatspin. I don't like any of this. I don't like any of it. And it's interesting that we're getting all this news here today. Arkin, did you say Drake? Yes. That's horrible. <laughs> I didn't know why he was trending to, on Twitter yesterday. Are we, are we sure I, that's Drake? I'm very sad that I looked at it. Are we sure back. that's Drake? I didn't actually see it. <laughs> I just heard about it. I uh. I was like, why are people talking about Drake trending? And I should know better than that. But my curiosity got the best of me. And that's seared into my brain now. I mean, I don't know if it's actually Drake, but good for him. Uh, 617-779-7937. To get back into our topic here today, and you can weigh in on all the front office decisions now that it sounds somewhat official that it's going to be Elliot Wolf running the show, which really means ownership, I think, is going to be running the show and pulling the puppet strings with Elliot Wolf, who's never been a GM before, taking on some type of increased role. Uh, You can jump in on that. 617-779-7937. We've been asking who you're rooting for in the Super Bowl, and it should be about more than just... You're worried about Mahomes catching Brady. But if that's a factor, that's a factor. I know a lot of you are voting that way. Uh, in fact, at last check, it was like 85% are pulling for the Niners in this Super Bowl. Let me update those numbers for you. Based on the voting we've gotten at Jones and Mego, I see 83%. So it's dropped a little bit. 83% pulling for the Niners. Uh, 17% pulling for the Chiefs. Mego and I uh, want the Chiefs for team-building purposes. It's the same reason our kid is rooting for the Niners. Let me hear from Greg Bedard on his podcast about the way the Patriots need to start thinking about building this team in New England. I'm not all that worked up about the X's and O's. To me, it's about the Jake and Joes. And we know the Patriots have a talent deficit. I mean, the 49ers, yeah, their scheme's really good. But they also have, you know, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You know, we're talking about guys who are at the top of their position groups in the NFL. And when you do that, when you have talent like that, you're going to be a good offense. And, you you know, you marry scheme with the talent. The talent's more important. These guys are going to be professional. These guys are going to get the unit on the same page. They're going to be productive. Now it's on the Patriots to go find the players. Okay. How long will that take? Like, if you need a Niners-type roster to just drop in any quarterback, how long does that realistically take to build that up? Four years, maybe, to I mean, start? This might be where Tom Curran gets his four years number. I be- think it is because he said something similar to us like several weeks oh, ago yeah. when, when we had just dipped our tone in this conversation, and he was talking about rebuilds, and he was saying, well, yeah, it's going to be like a four- or five-year process like, when you're trying to build something that can support a proper quarterback. How well, long does Lynch that take? had the Niners in the Super Bowl in two years. Okay. He got there in 2017, and they were in the Super Bowl in 2019. So, I mean, that wasn't the four-year rebuild. So, you no, know, he was able to take them. I understand. Quickly. But, like, you know, by your logic, what did they already have in place by the time he got there? Like, they had a lot in place. So, how long were the Niners building for? A long-ass time. So, to get the Niners roster. They fired their GM. But yeah. How long until the Patriots have the Niners roster? Like, I think that's the way longer rebuild. Like, that. this is why I want the quarterback. I think people are so worried about the quarterback, and they're like, well, what if you whiff? You're going to be in purgatory forever. 
if you want to build a roster like the Niners or you want to build one of these stacked rosters where they're teams that just have everything and, you know, you look at uh, who's another deep and talented roster you like Philly or somebody like that. How long does that take? That takes a long time to get all those pieces in place and then drop in the quarterback. I'm trying to turbocharge it, which is why I'm rooting for Mahomes because I, I don't want them getting any second thoughts, and I don't want people like Arkan pounding their chests about, oh, well, the Niners just won with Brock Purdy. I guess you don't need the quarterback. Unfortunately, I mostly feel that way, too. I also just don't know that even when you have all the pieces in place that you can do more than get to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know, I know there's going to be plenty of cases that you can point out, okay, like the Eagles Super Bowl, but those things feel more like a fluky thing than what Kansas City is doing. And I'm not saying that you, oh, yeah, just go out and get Patrick Mahomes. Just get the next Tom Brady. Like, it, of course, if anybody could have the foresight to see exactly who that is, they would do it. But I think even when you have all the pieces in place, when you're going up against a great quarterback, and if you don't have a great quarterback on your side, it doesn't really have longevity. Like we we haven't. When's the last time that you saw a team rip off two Super Bowls without a great quarterback? Two Super Bowls? I mean, has it happened? I mean, That's I, what I'm I mean, saying. going back to like the '80s, like you know, uh, you two basically in a row have or two you basically no, have I mean, to go think, back to the Washington team. Yeah, right. Unless I'm wrong. If there's Eli a different Manning, example. Great. Maybe, you, that's an interesting maybe argument. Maybe Eli is the first pick in the draft, though. I mean, so, the I mean, Rams yeah, made it to two Super Bowls with no, no, no. two, like, average no, to just above average. That, that's what exactly what I said, though. You might get to the Super Bowl. Like, you probably will get to the Super Bowl. Look, the Niners are getting to the Super Bowl again. They have a rematch against the Chiefs. All of us sitting on this radio show, maybe you think we're idiots. You probably do. But, like, we all think that the Chiefs are going to win. Lynch was the third year, by the way, just FYI, not to split words, but right, he was hired in January of 2017. They went six and ten, four and twelve, and then thirteen and three. Yeah, and they so made his the first Bowl. season. Oh yeah, okay, so then his first season was 2017. Yeah, so, right, so it took so it, it took him three years. Year. Okay, fine. So split the difference between two and four. It took him three years. I'm not signing up for that. It should not take. I don't want the Patriots. And they were to bad go. before that, by the way. Yo, they were yeah. terrible. They, I mean, they hadn't made the playoffs in years before Lynch and Shanahan got there. And so, so I don't need a six and ten year and a four and twelve year before they can go to thirteen and three. And just make a Super Bowl. They didn't win it. They still haven't won one. Which is a whole nother piece with the Niners and Kyle Shanahan, who you've intersected with in the past. Uh, you can jump in on all of it. Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? 617-779-7937. Our buddy David in the car wants to yell at Mego, it looks like. Go ahead, David. Oh, no, I will not yell at Mego. She's my favorite. But I, I do think it's crazy that you guys, you and her, and Mego, I'm sorry. I, I, I love you. I think you're great on the show. But the fact that you guys are rooting for the Chiefs, and this is why I'm rooting for the 49 I'm rooting for the Niners, dude. When Brady – yeah, I know you are. I can't. Yeah. So when, when Brady won three Super Bowls back in the, in, the, in the beginning of 2000, he wasn't a great quarterback. They had a, a solid team, and that's what the Niners are. They have a great team. They have a real good team. And they have a quarterback that's not getting enough. Breaking news. Breaking news on WEEI is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. I mean, I was going to let David finish, but okay, Arkan, what's the news? Here is your uh, breaking news from Woj. The Memphis Grizzlies are trading forward center Xavier Tillman to the Boston Celtics for two second-round picks. Celtics are sending a 2027 second via Atlanta and a 2030 second via Dallas to the Grizzlies. Boston gets Tillman, a young, say, versatile front court player. Did you player. say 2030? Yes. <laughs> second round a, pick in 2030. That's not a real year. It's a real year. <laughs> a 2030 second round pick? Like, I'm fine with this. Like, I don't know if I'm, I, like, Ryan is legitimately jazzed up back there. 
I don't know that I'm like. I've never seen him hit the move. breaking news sounder faster. I mean, he hates he hates playing the breaking news sounder. Yeah. Ryan's cutting off callers I, for I, the breaking sorry, news David, sounder. You know, I'm sure you were saying something really great, but this is important. I mean, you know, I mean, it was like 50-50. He was gonna be ready with his phone anyway. So look, I'm fine is with. Is he it. on your bat like fantasy okay. fantasy NBA no, team no, so or he, something? No, look, what's going on? Look, he got to play fantasy basketball. This is a good ad. Can somebody look up his contract? How long is he under contract for? I don't think he's just a rental, but I could be wrong about that. This is a good move. This is a depth front court player. I was thinking more big. You know, I was thinking more like 6'10", 7 feet, like more of a post player, which Tillman, I don't believe he is. is. Seven. Say it again. He is a rental. Yeah, he's, he's a, a rental. He's a free agent. Actually. So, okay, so he's so he's not under contract, so my mistake there. But he's more, again, he's a versatile wing piece. He's somebody who has not shot at a great percentage. I thought he would have shot at a better clip than this. But he's somebody who can step out and shoot a little bit. I mean, my, my recollection of him from college, and, you know, I'm not following the Grizzlies night in and night out. My recollection, they haven't been good. No, my recollection is that, you know, he's not just a pure post player. I was looking for more of a post player, but whatever. It costs you nothing. A 20-30 second round pick, and they're upgrading their bench at an area of need. I'm fine with it. I have no problem with it. He also has a knee injury. He hasn't played in four games. Okay, but so what? Just saying. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be honest with both of you. I have never seen this person before in my life. If Xavier Tillman walked in here and started hosting the show with us right now, I would not know who he was. Look, I do is, not know this person. I, 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 I'm guessing they used the Grant Williams trade exception, right? Did they use the smaller trade exception? What does he even make for money? Like, they, they gave up two second-round picks, including one in 2030. I'm okay with upgrading the bench. Mego's the one who thought the roster was perfect. So I'm okay with adding to their bench. And if you're shorthanded, or maybe this guy plays over Luke Cornett, or maybe this guy gives you some minutes in case Porzingis gets hurt, I'm fine. This is a good move. Without anything confirmed so far, I would assume this is the smaller of the two exceptions because what does he he's, make? he's making under $2 million. Yeah, okay, so, okay, good. So then you still have the Grant Williams trade exception. This is a good move. Good. Good. So maybe this is the first of two moves. They should be upgrading their bench. They should be making moves like this. Why are you making a yeah, face over there? because I don't really I, – I, this isn't the place of need for them if you're going to talk about place of need on the roster. You I, like, you said it. I, I thought that they would make a more – they'd be looking at the big. Well, he is a big. He is. I he mean, he's center. I just – he's not – yeah, he's just not I, not what I would call a traditional post yeah. player, which is more what I was that's, thinking that's, of. But That's what I mean. But he's a bowl bowl a... running around out there. You could probably get him <laughs> He's a big wing. Deal. He's like a yeah. big seven, two fifty. I mean, he's a big he's like guy, a but yeah, he's not guy. He's not super tall. No, but I, I, I mean, listen, I'm okay. I, I don't know much about him, but I was hoping they'd get someone who could sub in for Tatum and Brown. Like, that's what I was looking for was sort of a wing. That's not what this like, is. It's not really what he is. I bet Scal likes this move. Us league pass guys like you and me and Jones, Scal, I think we all like this I, move. I think no matter what they did, Scott was going to like it. But we'll talk to him at 430. We'll get your thoughts on this. 617-779-7937. What does this even mean? Jacob just dropped this in. Intern Jacob. Xavier Tillman ranks 99th percentile in D-E, lowercase d, capital E-P-M. What is that? What is that? I bet it stands for something gross. Defensive efficiency <laughs> something? I don't even know what that is. We're part of the DEPM community. Lowercase D. <laughs> Lowercase D. Unlike, unlike Drake. Uh, we'll get to your phone call, 617-779. That is a capital D. 793. I thought you didn't see it, Orkin. Uh, we'll get to all your feedback. everywhere. We'll get to all your feedback. And the Red Sox have not one, but two Netflix documentaries coming out. You excited, Red Sox fans? We'll get to it next. Jones and Mego. I never said I could take on a hippo. No, in fairness, you did. With Arcand. You ever I, see a hippo eat a watermelon? It's amazing. On Boston Sports Original. I wonder what Arcand just does with his time. I watch hippos eating watermelon. <laughs> W-E-E-I. Who has final editorial say? Yeah, we, we do not have final cut. This is not a financial play. 
You know, and that was part of the objectivity of it. And like the importance, that was something that Netflix talked to us about early on. You know, this has to be objective and it can't, you know, it, we, we can't have final cut. We will be able to see some things, you know, before they go on, but it's not, it's not ours. You know, we may be featured, but it is not our, our production. And again, going back to sort of the vulnerability, like we've got to be okay with that because if we're not, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, as you can imagine, had a lot of discussions about that and, you know, decided like, listen, the, the, the benefits of this are really important. Awesome. Rob Bradford, Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, talking with Red Sox Chief Marketing Officer Adam Grossman. Yay, baseball. About a documentary that is temporarily called, or tentatively rather called, Play Ball. That'll be released on Netflix following around the 2024 Red Sox. Look at my face. You don't like the name? Tell me that's a working title. It's tentatively titled that. That probably means it's a working title. Play ball. (laughs) Stop. Are they going to have that song? Play ball. Everybody gather around. Why don't they call it Put Me In, Coach? Play ball. Yeah, who who sings that one? Who sings that one? Who sings play ball? Um, I don't know. I don't know who sings that. Uh, But that's the tentative name. Not really the point. Uh, There's also a separate documentary coming out on the 2004 Red Sox on Netflix. Uh, So we'll get into some thoughts on this. McAdam also talked to Adam Grossman from the Red Sox. Again, their marketing officer uh, who's out there front and center on this. But it's Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEI. You can vote in our big question of the day up now. Matt Jones and Mego, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? And how does that apply uh, to your Patriots fandom? Building this team going forward as well. Uh, you can jump in on that at 617-779-7937. A couple more items on Xavier Tillman, who the Celtics just traded for. Uh, number one, it's two second-round picks. It is the smaller of the two trade exceptions. Uh, so I believe the trade they made last year, uh, it, it's the Justin Jackson trade exception. I barely even remember a Justin Jackson on this team. But it's $2 million. So they still have the opportunity to sign him, keep him if they want to. And number two, they also still have the Grant Williams trade exception, which is larger, $6 million bucks, And they can trade more crappy second-round picks to add players to their bench, which they should be doing. This is what they should be doing. You should be adding to your bench and bringing in guys who, you know, I think are useful players and at bare minimum break glass in case of emergency players. Forsberg also tweeted this. Tillman adds big man depth with defense-minded presence. Averaging 2.1 stocks per game, which I hate. That's steals and blocks. Uh, and always oh, among stonks. the top bigs in steals. Uh, 98th percentile. Uh, the intern also explained what uh, lowercase d EPM means. Or tried to. That is dunks and threes uh, per pro basketball an- analysis. So he didn't he, shoot a lot of threes. He's though. either shooting three. No, that was, my, that was what I thought he did, but he really doesn't. He's taken over 53. Joe Mazzola so cannot like this move. He'll step out and shoot it a little bit. Who can't? Joe Missoula. Missoula, that's true. Uh, well, they'll have him shooting threes if he's playing. Um, but he's either shooting threes or dunking, and he's a defensive presence, and really he's just a depth piece if Porzingis gets hurt, and Porzingis could get hurt. Maybe he's an upgrade on Cornette. He's not going to be the difference between winning a title and not, but they shouldn't let these trade exceptions expire, and so they're using them, which is good. Uh, we'll see if they have any more moves before the deadline, which is tomorrow, right? The NBA trade deadline yes. is tomorrow, the 8th. Uh, so we'll continue to update you on that. Meanwhile, uh, I want to hear a little bit more from 
Adam Grossman, the Red Sox chief marketing officer, on this new Netflix documentary that's coming out. This is on the Red Sox and their final edit. He has a little bit more on that. Who will have control of this? Thing? Where this director has a real gift is to be, I mean, he's, he's brutally honest of, one, this is different. It requires access. It requires buy-in. And it requires a level of vulnerability that oftentimes is not what your instinct would allow you to do. I think that type of honesty was, I think, starting to raise eyebrows. I think it also, you know, and his point, too, is those moments that you sort of bristle at, you also have the opportunity to explain yourself. You also have the opportunity for the audience to understand the factors leading into that action or that instinct or that emotion. Okay, so again, he's their chief marketing officer. Uh, McAdam had a little bit of a different title for him, the Red Sox executive vice president and chief marketing officer, Adam Grossman. Um, I did like another comment he had. He said, this is really about focusing on the human interest in the grind. No matter if you're winning 100 games or losing 100, Red Sox, there's a component to it that people haven't been exposed to and haven't seen. The idea is it's their drive to survive, their uh, match point. Is that what the tennis one is? Um, uh, what's their the golf one, full swing? Quarterback. So the, yeah, the idea, exactly. So the idea is that this will be the baseball version of that. There's an NBA one in the works that Tatum's going to be a part of. Uh, my fear for the Red Sox is it's going to blow up in their face like behind the B. Blew up in the Bruins' face. And the Bruins had the final edit on that. The Bruins own a chunk of Nesson. I believe the Red Sox are going to have more say in the editing than they're leading on here. I just have to believe they wouldn't agree to it otherwise. But let's play it out at face value. Behind the B blew up in the Bruins' face. That was their justification for moving on from Tyler Sagan. And we still throw it in their face to this day, how dumb they were for moving on. And they had a potential budding dynasty, and they haven't won again since. This has the potential to blow up in the Red Sox' face for different reasons, but in a similar way. So I, I was surprised when I saw this news. I'll be consuming it, but it's not coming out till 2025 and recapping the 2024 year, it sounds like. Yeah, I would look at what Netflix has put out, the products that that you describe, and I don't see any of them as being like, you know... A super tough. inside look. Like the documentary-type series, especially the sports-centered ones on Netflix, are usually super subject-friendly. Super, super subject-friendly. So that doesn't mean it's not going to be entertaining or that it might not have some moments that don't reflect the very best on the Red Sox. Because even, even if the Red Sox have final say, final cut, like they can't edit themselves when they're talking at any point unless it's John Henry in an email to one or two reporters. So, like, I, I think that there will be interesting moments in it. I also just don't really understand... I got to say, out of all four sports, like there's there are not many sports that are more or athletes that are more accessible than baseball players. I mean, the reporters go down there and they're with them oh. all of spring training. They're in the clubhouse twice a day, at least, unless it's Before like four game. times a yeah, day because, after. because it's a back to back sometimes like they're with these guys all the time and they already have a 
tremendous amount of access. So the way that in that clip they're spinning it as like, we're going to add more context to the things that you see that maybe you don't always get the human element. I think we get a lot of the human element. I think we just want you to spend money on the payroll and win baseball games. Yeah, that's really what it is for me. I just want some pitchers. I want some help with the rotation. I don't need two Netflix movies from this team. I don't need Theo Epstein. I just need him to act like a normal team. And this thing, I mean... It's just kind of funny that of all the times to do something like this, they wait until the fan base is maybe more pissed off at them than they've ever been since like before uh, 2004. Like this is this seems like a breaking point to me in terms of like the fan base coming to Fenway, the ownership group sort of making peace with the idea that other fans are going to be supplementing a lot of the fans that they're losing from other places. And how long is that going to work? And now they're putting out a movie about this. It's just like okay, good job. I hope this movie does great. I think a lot of Red Sox fans are really going to want to reflect I on this past season where they didn't spend any money and they hired Theo okay. Epstein and they yeah, slashed payroll. Yeah, are you going to want to watch this yeah, a year on. later? No. But hang on. I don't even want to watch it if now. If there's cameras following around the stupid team, maybe they'll start acting a little bit differently is my hope. And with Theo here, maybe they'll start acting a little differently. Like, I don't I, think so. I don't want them to keep doing the same thing. I don't get why doing these other things are potentially bad. Great. Cameras are around, and we're all going to turn you into a laughing stock if you don't wake up and start doing something different. Good. Maybe they'll start doing something different. Oh, Theo's here. Maybe they'll start doing something. I don't get why those are bad things. Because they're slashing payroll, Jones. That's why. Okay. They're already announced that they're going to do that. This season is not going to, it's going to be a bridge year at best. Okay. That's what we're doing. But I don't think they, that's going to make any difference. But they, okay, that's if going. Netflix cameras are in the, the building or not. That's going into the year. But what if they're terrible? They can make moves, Arkin. They don't have to keep acting the same way. So what does that have to do with this movie then? So I'm hoping that if they know there's going to be cameras around, you don't want people ripping into each other and be a mess. I would imagine if you know you're going to be trailed around all year, you don't want your team to be a mess. So hopefully if it's going to be documented, they won't be a mess. And uh, that would be a good start. I think doing things differently is a good start. The, the documentary Signing much, players, I think, would be a better Much start. less than Theo. Well, of course. Duh. I've been begging for that for five years. I hated firing Dombrowski. I was very far ahead of the curve on that. And so I hope they start acting a little differently. 617. You seven, are seven. lapping this stuff up, Jones. Well, I just, I, I mean, look. Theo, yeah, movies, yeah. Like, yeah. How about you work on the team a little bit? Okay, but how about the first step is acting different than they've been acting? Okay, I wasn't a concern that they weren't making enough movies. Okay, I, I think that's, I just said, <laughs> that I, think that's, problem. I think that's secondary to Theo. But I don't know. The guy who's won a bunch of World Series and has spent in the past, that's probably a good guy to bring on board. Call me crazy. And I don't know. Maybe I'm ahead of the curve on this one, too. 617-779-7937. More of your feedback coming up. And... I want to get back into the Patriots and their coaching staff because it is, uh, again, quite underwhelming. Let's dig in on some of the new hires. That's next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.